Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The following podcast contains explicit language. But that's not what you did. And what I saw in the gym yesterday, that was a boy. I'm looking for a man. And I feel like I have some amazing men in that house who are here for me. So I'm glad that you've realized that you should move forward. But I need you to know that forward isn't that way to the mansion. Forward is outside of it. So I'm glad that this has been a life lesson. I'm glad that you gave me the quote about the joy and the pain. And I hope that the pain that you've gotten from this gives you joy somewhere else. It's just not here right now. Thank you. Surprise! Yes, it's Tuesday, and we are coming to you with a special four-part recap series of The Bachelorette. I'm Aisha Harris, and my producer, Verilyn, is officially a fan of the show. Hey, y'all. Yes, as we covered in episode 45, Rachel Lindsay is the franchise's first Black Bachelorette. And yeah, (laughs) I watched the season premiere as prep for the conversation you had on the show, and now I am three episodes in. And I have still only watched the premiere. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) So, as she will be watching the rest of the season anyway, Verilyn will also be hosting our recap episodes, which we're calling... The Represent Rose. <laughs> yes, The Represent Rose. I will be having these conversations with Dr. Robin M. Boylan, who is the Associate Professor of Interpersonal and Intercultural Communications at the University of Alabama. And she's also a member of Crunk Feminist Collective. And by the end, we are deciding whether we are going to give this season of The Bachelorette a Represent Rose or not. so far well um listen to this episode we're about to drop hey robin how you doing i'm so excited to have you on the show and to get into the what what abc is calling the historic um (laughs) season of the bachelorette and i first issue up because you wrote a piece for slate um, called black single and waiting um, which which you masterfully showed us how for the last 15 years the bachelor franchise has quote made a caricature of blackness and you asked could this season finally be different um and we're definitely going to get into all those particularities (laughs) but can you first also like just let people know what the kunk feminist collective is because i feel like that also makes you such a good person to be having these chats with awesome yes so the kunk feminist collective is a scholar activist group um of women of color, scholars and activists who identify as feminists and have a particular interest in hip-hop generation feminism and representations in popular culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on your bio, I was saying before we started that I love the line in your bio where you say you're an Alice Walker womanist. 
or in yes. parentheses, you write a black feminist. Cause I feel like yes. Alice Walker was the first person to say womanist in describing what we now think of like intersectionalities of like being a woman, being black, being, you know, of a different class and like how all those things in- are incorporated in my feminist. And I, uh, I think that was the, her, she was the first person I heard say that. And it, it changed my perspective. Yes. Alice Walker. And we usually in academic context will, specify Alice Walker womanist because while she coined that term and the idea that a black feminist doesn't, that, that we shouldn't have to put black in, from a, in front of feminist mm-hmm. as black women to, to you know, kind of claim feminism, um, that, that term itself has been co-opted several times so mm-hmm. that the meaning is oftentimes differentiated. So when I say Alice Walker womanist, it's just another way of saying black feminist, but I am a, I am a deeply country, <laughs> rural feminist. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think another thing that's to set up how perfect, I mean, how excited I should say I am for this conversation is that you say that your um, your work focused around ratchet respectability, which I think yes. is such a perfect term. Like me and my friends, we used to say sophista ratchet because like uh, we. Yes. We can like dance to a two chain song, right? But I mean, yes. you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you know, we still like to read books and shit. Like, it's fine yeah. to, we can be both things. Right. Um, and which I yes. feel like that's one of the things I think a lot of black women are looking at Rachel and wondering is she going, is she just going to be what ABC in the first in the last season when she was on The Bachelor kind of set up as this like exception to every stereotype maybe a, their white their average white viewer is watching or is she going to show us that she's black like like that like right. recognizable head nod black yes and I think that she has I, as a matter of fact you know I was skeptical initially um, about even thinking about watching The Bachelorette even though there was going to be a black Bachelorette mm-hmm. because that whole concept was, it seemed oxymoronic to me because the representations of black women we've seen on television, um, even when they are quote unquote respectable, has always made them either um, low class as in Real Housewives of Atlanta or um, has completely diminished them to being seen as ratchet as mm-hmm. in love and hip hop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to see, to see those two things married in a, in a, in a, 30 plus year old, so grown ass black woman mm-hmm. who is um, um, highly educated, a lawyer, successful, yeah. but also, you know, can do a two step on national television yes. and call out a fuck boy on national television. You can, know, okay, me. can we can we get into that? Um, <laughs> so right. <laughs> when uh, when you talk about the fuck boy, of course, we're talking about the Mario. Yes. And DeMario is a character. Can we call it a contestant? There we go. That's probably a better yes. word. Yes. DeMario is one of the contestants vying for Rachel's love. Mm-hmm. And I think the second episode, right from the gate, um, Rachel is at a basketball game. She, um, DeMario is a part of this group of guys that have gone on this date and they're playing basketball. And then after the game, a bunch of women are walking up to Rachel, some girls, which was very telling too, like white girls being like, I'm so excited that right. you're the batch. I was like, oh my gosh, like these are the girls that like have been watching this show from jump. I grew up with this and now they get to see a black Rachel as their bachelorette, like mm-hmm. mind blown. Right. Right. And then another woman walks up to Rachel <laughs> and it is DeMario's girlfriend slash 
um, side piece, slide fuck right. buddy. We don't know exactly <laughs> the nature of their represent of their relationship. All we know is that it didn't quite end <laughs> before right. she saw him on television with a ring because he was one of the four, the first four people that Rachel was introduced to before the season season even started. So that's he how was she, actually the first, the, the first, first out. Yes. homeboy came out with a ring talking about I got yes. two plane tickets to Las Vegas. We could do this right now, but. Right. Um, you still texting home, girl. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Um, and so, I, so tell me when you first saw this playing out, like what was going through your mind? Because I know what was going through my mind. So when I saw when I when I was seeing it playing out, it was all very familiar to me. It was very <laughs> black girl familiar, mm-hmm. and I could see the shock, the anger, and the disappointment on Rachel's face. I was very impressed because I wasn't sure if she was about to go off on everybody <laughs> or just Demario, you know, because yes. I didn't know if she was about to call this girl out for trying to, you know, for yeah. coming at her crazy. Yeah. But the girl didn't really come at her that crazy. The girl was just like, listen, just so you know. Woman to woman. He's not, yeah, woman <laughs> to woman. This, you know, this is not, this is not what you want. Yeah. And so the fact that she, you know, I felt like she was very, her her reaction was much more generous than mine would be because yes. she gave him an opportunity to tell the truth. Yes. Many opportunities. Cause, oh, and the best part is when she walks out with him and his right. first reaction was, oh, who's that? Right. And it's like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So it, the penultimate black girl perfection was when she said, <laughs> you can get the fuck out. Yes. And I was like. <laughs> Yes, Rachel, on, on ABC, tell them. And that, you know, and I was mm. like, okay, I can ride for her for real. She's she's out here representing for real because she did not, you know, there, there are many ways she, because I feel like she was trying to keep it classy, yes. she was trying to keep it above board, yes. but, but he made her so angry with his lies yes. that she was just not here for it. And even in the following episode, or later in that same episode, um, whenever he showed back up and she was like, oh, I'm curious. I want to know what yeah, he has to, to say. say. Yes. Yeah. We all, like, I felt that in my soul. Like, I felt that, <laughs> like, when she, especially when she was like, I would not be played. And, like, <laughs> I was, she said, I would not be embarrassed. Something like that. And I was just right. like, yes. man, like, how, I feel like, and, you know, I remember when Shaggy came out with that song, It Wasn't Me. And I swear... Right. I had a boyfriend that like lived at the altar of that perspective. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And so like just the way that she reacted, because I feel like we all have been there. Um, So was that, so I feel like my question, I love that my, my goal for this space um, for these conversations is to have like black girls talking about this show. But I do wonder what, like when white women saw that, like, did they also, were they also like, "Mm, I understand that, you know, like, is that like, do you think that is unique like, do you think that we feel this way because Rachel is black? Like, if that was the same situation, but Rachel wasn't, you know, or would it be like, right. oh, the black boy, the black man is getting, um, I don't know, like the stereotype of the black man not being right. able, yeah, you know what I mean? And yes, and that's something I hope we'll talk about as well. This this notion of of stereotypes around black black men and the way mm-hmm. some are deserved in the show and some are not, but. I don't think that I would have personally, it would have, it would not have resonated with me if a white woman would have said that. I think that black girls everywhere, you know, um, kind of honed in on that moment and, 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 and she represented all of us in moments that we've had like that. And I think that unfortunately, and this is one of the issues, you know, I've, I've thought about and written about and reflected about representations of black women on reality television in many different, um, iterations. And one of the concerns always is, 
when when we have one of those come to Jesus mm-hmm. spiritual moments mm-hmm. where we feel it, but we know that 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 there are white people watching. Yes, it's like okay, wait, we get that, but what what are they seeing and how are they perceiving this? Because they because. In many ways, I think that for them, it could, or for some of them, that could have just been a reiteration or evidence that, see, black men are unfaithful, mm-hmm. which would not just, which would not just make Rachel's reaction, you know, some kind of um, uh, evidence for them, but also the fact that the other woman he was he was messing around mm-hmm. with was a white woman, mm-hmm. so um, or the woman he cheated on Rachel with was a white woman, so it was it's almost like a condemnation of black men. In many ways, because black women know that this is not this is not necessarily mean all black men yes. are fuck boys. Mm-hmm. But this particular one was, and these are the reasons why. Yeah. But for but for someone who is not versed in that and is not versed in, um, you know, intra-racial uh, relationships between black people, yeah. it could be used as a as a ruse to say black men are unfaithful. Therefore, black women and white women should you know, be wary. Be wary of black men. And it is that, yeah. like, we can't just enjoy it. <laughs> right. We have to keep, because you know, it's, you have to keep thinking about, like, okay, what is other, what are, how are other people going to perceive this? And what is right. that going to tell them about me as a black woman? And, and, and black men in general. Yeah. It's as much about us learning or seeing, getting to see a black woman try to find love. It's about that. But it's also just as much about black men mm-hmm. and whether or not they're capable of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something you mentioned in your piece was just like, you know, when you, you went down all the different um, examples of seeing black love on television being vibe for, whether it's from Flavor Flav to I Love New York to I've had forgotten about the salt and pepper one that when you mentioned that yeah um, and another one you didn't mention but i was thinking about because tlc now is doing their promotion for their new album and i remember when chili like for um what chili oh, wants yes yes i forgot <laughs> about that one yes yeah and i was like and i remember when she she had like a list and i remember then that became the thing like oh this is why black women can't find anyone because they have these like long lists of demands instead of seeing chili as an individual <laughs> that mm-hmm. has her own wants and desires right and so yeah I think that for the first time I remember when they first ushered you know they do this thing on the first episode where each man comes out and Rachel has to interact with each one of them and I was just I guess I was surprised by how many black men were there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm not gonna front I did have a moment of like but where are these dudes in real life yes I yes I was thinking the same thing now and some of them, I was like, yeah, I know, you know, I've, I've met him before, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I know that. Type we all of, know a yeah. friend. We all know a friend. Yes, we all know friends. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, there friend. were others. And I'm like, where, you know, like, Eric, what's up? Come, mm. come to Alabama. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, where are the Eric Biggers in yes. Alabama? So can we talk about Eric? Which, okay, since you brought up can Eric. We? Yes. <laughs> so, okay, my, my sweetie Eric. First of all. <laughs> Let's start with the first episode when Eric came out. He was the one that did the two-step with her. Yes, yes. And I think you wrote in a piece. Let me see if I can find the quote. I, I took it out. Okay. So before the season even started, we mentioned right. that um, Rachel met four of the guys. And the fourth suitor in the piece, you said, the fourth suitor immediately seemed to put her at ease 
Eric, a black man from Baltimore, broke down into an impromptu dance and Rachel instinctively joined him. They swayed their hips and flared their arms to the beat of only they could hear while the requisite hey echoed between them. It is the blackest thing I've seen on the Bachelor franchise. They fell into a brief embrace before he walked away and in a low key and low key looked like black love at first sight. Uh, first yeah. of all, that was so poetic. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and second of all, we all do know that hey and that two step and that like right. what you do, like we like that is very, very, very black. And yeah. Eric, from that moment, I was like, oh, I really do hope that he rises to the top. But yes. in the last episode, as of this recording, I feel like they're trying to like put the angry black man bug in everyone's ear, right? That's so right. Yes. the other contestants are questioning his um his loyalty. I, this is weird thing of like, why are you here? Are you here as if they're not all on this reality TV show to be on TV, <laughs> not yes. to be on TV, right? As for, <laughs> right. Some, but for some reason, but I will say though that um he seemed and it might just be the way that it was cut, but he did um, before they started whispering about him, because even there was a date and um, Rachel's quote unquote friends from the last season. Well, I don't know if they're friends, right. but these girls right. that came on to kind of vibe for these guys, they asked like, "Who do you think is not here for the right reason?" And two of the guys named Eric. And so before, but before all this stuff happened, I will say that he his energy seemed lower than the rest of the guys. He didn't seem to be like putting it on as much. And for me, I kind of like that. I kind of like that he was questioning. Right. I kind of like that he was, you know, not just. This is a weird ass situation, and he was kind of just like, right. "This is a weird ass situation," and I feel like I don't know Rachel yet, and I feel a ways about that. Like, I feel like that right. is a regular thing to feel. <laughs> absolutely, I think it was absolutely legitimate because, I mean, to be real, and I think another one of the things that they kept saying is that he's never been in a relationship before, mm. which does not mean he's not ready for a relationship. So that you know, so that's one thing. But I think that you know, I get, I get the vibe that. You know, Eric's cute. Eric's fitness. You know, like Eric is. He's fine. a fitness instructor. So, yeah, so he's out here doing it, and I, I don't Instagram. think he has to. Yeah, I don't think he has to usually work really hard. Yeah. To get the attention and affection of a woman, and so I think he's looking around, seeing these whack ass dudes, and a lot of you know, and and honestly, out of the thirty. Half of them were just whack. Yeah. And so I think he's looking around like, why are they getting time with her and I'm not? What's really going on? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and, I, and I get that because I think I would, you know, I would probably have a similar reaction if I'm like, this is there's something there's something kind of off about this. Um, because why are certain people because when the what is it? The Wazoom, Wazam, whatever. Oh, Waboom, Waboom. The Waboom. I'm so happy she got him out of there. (laughs) Meet him and his and his the guy that nemesis. Yeah. You know, know, like they they had to go. But the fact that they that the both of them were getting time with her and he wasn't, that they were going on dates and he was at the house. I would have been suspicious too because clearly the Wazam, (laughs) Wazoom, whatever dude was there for T V. Yes. So why is he getting a date? Yes. So Eric is asking all the right questions <laughs> and in the same way that Rachel was yeah they talked a little bit about her skepticism he was skeptical yeah um which is why I think when they called themselves telling Rachel about him mm. she was like I understand that I felt the same way you know that he was skeptical about this process and whether or not 
he would legitimately have an opportunity to get to know her. And um, so Andrea Salinzi, who is the host of YOY, and I'm, you know, I've been like con- kind of like my bachelorette consultant because she's been watching this for years, and this is my first oh, wow. time watching it ever. <laughs> yes. And so throughout this whole process, she's kind of just been like walking me through it. And mm-hmm. so I was like, came in after that third episode, and I was like, oh my god, like how, like look at how they're treating Eric. Like it's so crazy that they're trying to make him into this like angry black man um because like after you know oh we didn't talk about the argument so uh, yeah so first of all the person that he was arguing with yeah uh, what's his name though? is it lee yeah lee garrett so one of the so okay. lee garrett is one another contestant on there who ended up um he has tweets out there comparing the naacp to the kkk um mm-hmm. so obviously you know i mean White supremacy is definitely a thing that he subscribes to. And he's out here like calling, like baiting Eric, like saying little things, like saying like, you're a great guy. You're like, and we all know what that means. Like he's being condescending as fuck. Right. And then he says something to Eric that was like, he was like confronting him. He said it maybe at a level six. And then mm-hmm. Eric took it to a level eight, as you do when someone right. is on some BS. It's trying you. That's <laughs> it's try- right. You know what I mean? And so he's, they're painting this picture like Eric is out of control. Eric is, you know, like off the handle. Whereas I didn't see anything that Eric did that would be dissimilar to what I would do, except maybe I would have thought, through, like we, we were talking about like thinking three steps ahead. Like I probably would have been like, you know, I know that you're trying me. <laughs> and what right. she won't do is have me out here looking crazy. So That's I, right. Um, but I, right. Eric didn't do that. Eric was being his authentic self. So fast forward to the day after this episode, I came in and I said this to Andrea. And it was interesting because she was like, but he did yell. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like I think that most of white America is going to look at that and be like, well, he was right. yelling. <laughs> but see, and that's an interesting thing as well, because black men are characterized or caricatured as being either dangerous criminally minded or sexually aggressive mm-hmm. on reality television. Mm-hmm. They have to be one of one of those. And and so an elevated voice does not make someone dangerous, but for white people, the elevated voice of a of a black man mm-hmm. whom they they're already perceiving as potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can see that, but he wasn't yelling. And that's, and when the guy was like, you just, he makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. That's cold word. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's dangerous. Yeah. He's dangerous. He's, he, he he's going to hurt me. He's violent when none of those things are true. And I, so I think it's interesting that, you know, that's your colleague perceived that as yelling when I just perceived that as an elevated voice when somebody is trying you because, <laughs> because, Oh, you don't want to see yelling. Like we can, yeah, that's a different animal altogether. Exactly. exactly. And, um, and then for it to be from the guy that we now know has right. some racist deficit like that. Yes. You know, I just kind of think that it's like, Oh, like, and I found out this news after that episode and I was like, wow, like, you know, it. it's that feeling. It's that gut feeling. Like you hear someone yeah. say something and they say it in a way that like, just makes you feel horrible. And you know what it is. Like, it's not, it's like not to be questioned. It just is what it is. Leave Eric alone. I'm on a leave Eric alone campaign. That's right. <laughs> but it's all very strategic, though. Yeah. And I think, um, and, and, and very likely intentional, because I think that a lot of times on these shows, race becomes something that, that they can bait people with. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, so I can, 
I can take the white supremacist and put him in the space with the black man and cause him to make, because keeping in mind that, that we see it, we've seen Eric in these different friend groups or these different groups. None of the black men are saying he makes them uncomfortable. None of the black men are saying he's dangerous. None of the black men are saying he's yelling because, because we're used to each other. Like that's just how we communicate sometimes we, but, and black women have to face that same thing, right? If we are, if we elevate our voices or we're not smiling, we're angry black women. And, and it has a different, um, connotation for black men but it's but it's the same thing and and he shouldn't have to police his emotions when he's being baited and particularly when the when the baiting is racially inspired yeah um one thing i've been seeing on the internet um and not just around the bachelorette but like in general like this um woman of color versus black bachelorette Mm -hmm. and i think the way sometimes people write about it they're like you know women of color you know are like tuning in more than ever and i'm just like but what's the hesitation with saying black and that's something you know i don't even know what the segue is but i'm just (laughs) i'm just wondering like as someone that thinks about these things um like do you think that i've kind of feel like my stance is like it's important to say she's black and it's important to call black things black um like why like why do you what do you think the hesitation around that is i think that i think some of that is maybe potentially people attempting to be inclusive and or um politically correct around who's tuning in Mm -hmm. right so i think because i think that um, when we say black women, that's a very, we're talking about a very specific um, racial subset. When we say women of color, we're including brown people, brown mm-hmm. women, you know, um, um, indigenous women, you know, so there's different women that may be tuning in. But I think, but I, I do think that when they're saying that they primarily mean black women, black women tune in to yeah. see black women on television. Yeah. And I think that some of that hesitation is to particularly because ABC is trying to market this as diverse. They want it to be as diverse as possible, which means it can't just be black and white. It has to be inclusive of any other ethnicities that might be represented um, in, in what they're calling diverse. Because to them, di- diverse becomes a coin term that's everybody mm-hmm. and not just black people. And I think that that's probably their intention is to bring in a more diverse audience. But I think that they probably have attracted more black women viewers because we're curious and but I don't but I'm not sure I'm not sure like I would have to see the receipts on that I'm not sure (laughs) that you know people of color or women of color writ large are tuned in to watch a black woman fall in love I'm also skeptical that white women are are particularly interested writ large in watching a black woman fall in love well the I mean the ratings um actually so I was I was like doing some research on like just trying to think about how this season so far is comparing to previous um seasons of the bachelorette and as of right now it's down like people women white women if white women were the predominant audience of the bachelorette in past seasons they are not tuning in in the same numbers to watch this season it's just you know that makes sense to me that makes sense to me and i think that the black women who are tuning in could never they we can't compensate for the for the you know the white women that were watching but I, and that was a that was that was something that I was I was thinking I don't know that white women are interested in watching a black woman fall in love with a black man, and I don't think white women are interested in watching a, a black woman fall in love with a white man. So how you gonna you know? So I was like, <laughs> okay, so how you gonna handle that? Like I, I appreciate the black bachelorette, I appreciate it, but what is it gonna do to your bread and butter demographic? Mm. Are they really going to be invested? Particularly if we think about the implications of of a black bachelorette on the future of the franchise and whether or not assuming there's a there's a man of color 
men of color in the final. Yeah, that ends up being the next bachelor. Yeah, that the next, right, that the next bachelor is a person of color, is a man of color, or a black man at that. What then might that mean? Well, here, well, this is why my issue with the whole woman of color versus black thing, like lumping it in, because like this is what can happen, right? You can then um, next season have a black bachelorette, have a mixture of other people. Like, there's no mm-hmm. South. Is there any South Asian people right now and still in the running? No. So let's say yeah. this season they lose, they don't hit the same numbers, but then next season they may have a more diverse contestant pool where they'll have South Asians, they'll have more La- Latinx, um, pop, you know, um, contestants yeah. there, and then you will gain even more people because then those people will be tuning in, and that's that. You just have to decide what what's important to you. Right. And, and, and I, and one thing that we learned years ago with the flavor of love mm. franchise and its various spinoffs is that black folk <laughs> are a loyal audience, oh my God. you know, and we oh, do false. tune in even when it's, you know, right. I'm still, Scandal. I'm still watching Scandal. I'm still watching Scandal. You know, yes. <laughs> you know, like, so the, the, those, there's, there's truth in those numbers, right? Yeah. The numbers don't lie, but Again, as a black woman, I tune in if there's a black woman involved. Yeah. I can't say I would tune in if it was a brown woman. I, I mean, I would I would be supportive, but I don't know that I would be like, let me watch every episode. Mm. So if we if we if we attach it to that to people being invested only when they have a very specific connection to the person, mm. then that that even that lowers it even more because mm. black people will watch black people. Mm. Will black people watch brown people? I don't know. Well, if it was a black guy and uh, and to see like who he, I guess. Yes. If it was a black guy, yes. But if it's a, but if it was a South Asian guy, would I watch? Eh, Because I think they've had a quote unquote diverse, you know, contestants in the past, but I've never watched before because I've never cared. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like I only care now because Rachel is a black woman and she is a brown, she is a brown black woman um, who not unlike me, five years ago, you know, was in a particular place in her professional and personal life where she wanted to see what, what was, a, what was out there. So I'm rooting for her because mm-hmm. I feel like she faces similar challenges that I would face. Uh, who are you rooting for? Like, who's your, who are you hoping that she chooses so far um, in the mix? Eric has my vote. Like Eric mm-hmm. got my vote that first night. I, I think I, I vote for Eric. And I think that after Eric, my um, vote was for Fred because I just felt like, you know, he was re- oh, because he's Fred. just super regular. But Fred, but, yeah, but but Fred, Fred was, is... He was- he was the one that did the awkward kiss. He he was the one that had was she, she knew him from a childhood and he was young. Right. And then he's like, "Can I kiss you?" And I was like, "Oh, Fred, no, no, yeah. Fred, and no." And he he was so young. Yeah, so he was. was like, so young. But I love that she didn't drag it out. I love that she uh-huh. immediately was like, "I'm not gonna play around with this with this well, boy in her point. Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna but play yeah, around with this right. boy's feelings. Let me like there's no there's no decision that Rachel has made so far that I looked at with a side eye. I feel like she's consistently been making decisions that I would make. Yeah. With the exception of the Wazam guy, the fact that he made it past the first night was very. But that was her. That suspicious. was. I probably would have made that decision too because you have to give the producers something. You know, the producers were needed. Right. They need that. Like, and if that's the least harmful thing, first of all, the white supremacist is still there, and I know the producers knew that. So, <laughs> if she, oh my gosh, you think they knew? Well, well of course they knew. Of course they knew. Of course they knew. You're right. Wow. Of course they knew. So oh my imagine. God. That's kind of so she's yeah. thinking, okay, well, let me just keep the waboom guy because this is the most harmful thing that could be here. At least I can recognize how how harmful he can be. But then she got him out of there by episode two. 
I respect that's that. That's true. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, that makes sense. But this other guy who she has no idea. I don't know how this is going to elevate. I already see the writers on the wall with the way homeboy is talking to Eric. I don't know if one of the guys are going to end up punching him in his face. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. But right. it's going to be bad. So yeah. the way she peacefully pieced out Fred, I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, I I respected that a lot. Don't don't hurt. Don't be out here playing with people's feelings. <laughs> Um, but Josiah is my um, I, him and Eric. I feel like a neck and neck for me. I I like a just okay. Josiah's like energy. Um, I just think you know he has the he's the one with the Bible scripture on his the yes. tattoo. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. yes, if you if you're gonna have a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, Josiah is cool, and I think I will and I will go ahead and put it out there that I would be very disappointed if she doesn't end up with a black man. Mm. I would be disappointed. Not surprised, but disappointed. Yeah, because she seems to like the Colombian guy, too. Oh, yeah. She was very smitten with him as well. So the two questions that you wrote in your piece that I kind of wanted to... I guess begin to um, to grapple with in this conversation, and I guess throughout the rest of these, hopefully we'll have an answer. <laughs> um, yes. One we kind of touched on already, which is will predominantly white heterosexual women tune in to watch a black woman dating mostly black men? And I guess as of right now, the answer is no, no, <laughs> right. not as many right. at least. Um, right. Although, like Andrea is a huge fan, like you know, we talk. She watches it, and like we come in, and I'm assuming she's just as exciting, just as excited to watch this than any other. If anything, like maybe even more intrigued. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, it's still out. Just the numbers wise, not as many, but it seems like people in my life that watch it. Do you have any um, body in your life that watched it before? That's- yes, I have a couple of friends who are just avid. Um, fans of the franchise. So I think they would watch no matter what. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure um, that they, I don't think that Rachel's race has anything to do with their fascination. They like, they are, they literally watch absolutely all the spinoffs, Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) Oh, we didn't talk about Bachelor in Paradise. We're not going to get into that here, but um, apparently the next season is canceled. Um, because of the allegations, um, there was like sexual assault with who else? But the Mario strikes again. Yes, Mario strikes again. Yes. So he's not helping with us dispelling stereotypes mm, mm, of black mm, men mm, 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 because that because you know I told you it was you know they're either violent, um, yeah. angry, aggressive, sexually aggressive, or um, criminals. And here we have him being framed in both of, in several of those lights. Well, apparently, and uh, you know, and of course, this is my, my new source of this is Andrea, so shout out to her. Um, yes. <laughs> she was saying that it actually the lawsuit is around the producers because um, they said that the two contestants, both contestants were too drunk to consent. Like, that's, mm. that's the messaging. So, okay. it sounds like it was more about just like the state of affairs of like what the show was doing. The Context, the context of it that they yeah. put them in yeah let me get you drunk and liquored up and see what happens and that's interesting to me because i don't know if you ever watch um flavor of love yeah. but that that was a show that you was know, the whole that thing. they were gonna yeah, yeah let me get let's get them in this room all this ain't nothing in here but liquor and yeah. see what happens yeah and i watched every every episode every season and i think there's something else you mentioned is like because you i tuned in very similar for what you said which was to see representations of black women regardless of whether i can relate or not or whether i felt proud of the images or not it's just what you know, but I feel like yeah. black women have been taught how to you know walk and chew gum at the same time. Like I could appreciate right. this and enjoy it and not feel like it represents me. That's right, right. 
even though I understand that I'm still implicated by it, mm. which, which of course then just goes into the, 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 what it means when non-black people watch, you know, because black mm. people watch and we know that, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, but other people watch and see, see, look at these black people. I told mm. you black people were filling the blank. Mm. Yeah. Can we talk about like, I think, I feel like there's like a lot of pain around that. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know, maybe like even when you just said that, like it just made me feel like there's like maybe some kind of trauma because then it, it it does walk into the way that we are like when we're at a bar or when we're like just out in the world and like like when someone, I don't know, like this way that you're perceived and like why is like this constant double consciousness thing that you have to constantly do in the way mm-hmm. that people react to you or people like someone's flirting with you. Are they flirting with you? Like how? Like I remember, I'll never forget when I when the, um, another place that I used to work. Um, it took me so long to know that this guy was flirting with me because, like, I just wasn't used to <laughs> like someone. That, oh, every time he I go to the kitchen, he goes to the kitchen. Like I was like, oh, that's flirting. Whereas I'm used to like guys just I don't know being more direct. Does that mm-hmm. make? I don't know. If I'm... No, that does. And I think maybe one of the things we're trying to figure out is what it looks like when a black woman is courted. Mm-hmm. What does it look like when a black woman is desired and not just sexually? Yeah. What does it look like to wife a black woman on, on national television? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Cause I don't, I'm not sure that I know. I don't, I don't think that I know the answer. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. And, and then this fear of fetishization, yeah. um, or the ways in which, what, what is it that you, when you look at me, what do you see? Mm-hmm. Because Rachel has, for all is for what is worth, Rachel has straight long weave in her hair, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and um, again, Andrea, I feel like I'm constantly quoting things that Andrea has told me because um, Andrea follows her on Instagram and on her Insta story. She has braids, and on her Insta story, she'll show, like, what she's doing, and you can see that she has braids in her hair. But on Uh her actual Instagram page, like the stills, none of those pictures have braids, um, her hair with Uh, braids. So I think there's something telling about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, She's and she is, without being your prototypical light-skinned Beyonce-esque black woman, she has all of the other fixtures of that, mm. you know. Um, she's petite. She she has a very Robin Givens vibe for me. Yeah, you know, she's very reminiscent of Robin Givens, who was a shit, I think, back yeah. in the you know. Yeah. So she looks like a chocolate dipped Barbie doll, mm. and I think that black that 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 white men who fetishize black women that's what they're looking for mm. is a chocolate dipped Barbie doll, and she's that. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm just gonna let the moment let that let that um sit because I don't let know. Yeah, I'm just gonna let that sit out there because I think we can both recognize that and root for her and love her. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I was listening to um Janet Mock has a podcast and I was listening to her conversation with Maxine Waters this morning, and and first of all, I woke up to Maxine Waters and Janet Mock on my phone, so I have I'm having a great day. <laughs> yes. That's <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and one thing that um, they were making the point about, like, you know, for so long, black women have been told, like, you have to, you know, fit this certain prototype, fit into the, this, you know, white um, centered world, work twice as hard to get half as much. And what, mm-hmm. you know, when we see Maxine Waters just being herself, saying what's on her mind, no matter what, like not not filtering, mm-hmm. not doing that, like respectability filter, right, that we've all right. been taught to do. We love it right. because we're like, damn, like, you know, we've done this and we 
still get second chair. We're still taught, you know, to be appreciate being in the room. And, and like, that really, that really sat with me. And I think, like, at the same time, like, I want to be able to know know all the reasons why Rachel may have, be making the decisions that she's making um, mm-hmm. and like I feel like I could hold both for Maxine Waters like being as dope as she is and also a Rachel right. you know yeah absolutely um, because I think that you know Rachel is smart I think she's mm-hmm. very strategic very strategic <laughs> when the guy when Waboom and the guy that was obsessed yes, with him yes. um, were going back and forth and whispering to Rachel's ear then Waboom said to him Waboom said to him well he was he was standing over my bed um, eating a <laughs> banana <laughs> and then Rachel says well did he finish <laughs> <laughs> and she said it with like such a straight face and what that moment taught me was that Rachel <laughs> is not stupid and Rachel is playing the game just as much as they're playing that's it that's right that's right absolutely <laughs> like that was and such that... a low key like 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 read in like this mm-hmm. big low key way and I was just like yes Rachel did he finish yes. <laughs> obviously just that's what we want to know all of the shade yes. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that's exactly that's dope. And, I, and so I don't think any of those things are compromised by her femme, you know, her traditionally femme presentation, mm-hmm. you know, she, because, because she gives us that, that if it was, if she was empty, you know, like if, if we didn't get any of that authenticity yes. that shines through, yes. then I think that would, that would be an issue. But I think that, you know, we can, you know, that she's, she's very layered and nuanced and I appreciate that as a black girl. And that's kind of getting into the second question that I definitely want us to maybe answer by the end of the series is how will we, how will the show manage to perpetuate its fairy tale without glossing off, glossing over the real complications of interracial dating. And I think like it's really, you not to put all the way on Rachel, but it really is on her. Like, I think it depends on like how much she's willing to show how, how much she's willing to play the game, but then give mm-hmm. us little peeks into, into like, an authentic reaction. Right. I, I think that the answer to some of this question will come in the next episode because a lot of that is going to center on how she reacts to white men vilifying and demonizing Eric mm-hmm. for simply being a black man, mm-hmm. right? And performing accordingly. What does that, what does her reaction to that look like? Because it, like it or not, she's going to have to take a side. Mm. Well, she's crying in the preview, right? She's like, I know what yes. people are going to say about me. So I'm like, ooh. Right. And I'm like, what, you know, like, okay, so what are you, you know, what are you going to do? What What is this going to look like? So, yeah, like you said, the next episode is definitely, we, they canceled um, yesterday's episode for the, right. um, the NBA, NBA finals. finals and, um, Yay, Golden State. I low-key wish they would have just won the other night so that we could have saw the Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, we could have saw the Bachelorette. Yeah, that and was I only. I can't even believe Right, and I can't even believe I'm saying that because I've never even been that invested. But I just feel like this, you know, like the cliffhangers at the end of these episodes are everything. Are everything. So, oh, oh, know, so but I'm these shows are so breath. long. Why is why is it so Two long? Hours. Too I, much. You could wrap. You could have wrapped that up and like because after she kicked off Waboom and the homeboy, I thought it was over, and then I was like, oh, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna keep gonna, going. Y- yeah, it's like, oh, it's about to come on again. It's almost like literally back-to-back episodes yes. um, to lead us to where we really want to see. Like, oh. of course, at the end, and then you have to wait um, two weeks now instead of just one. Uh, yeah. Well, Robin, um, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next one and the next episode. So to be continued. To be continued. All right, love. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Okay, well, that's it for this first edition of the Represent Rose. Such a joy talking to Robin, and I just cannot wait for our next conversation. Um, The next episode will drop after the next three episodes of The Bachelorette. Represent is produced by, well, me. (laughs) Aisha Havis, as y'all know, is our esteemed host. And if you enjoy this episode, y'all know what to do. Go ahead and shoot us an email. Our address is represent at slate.com. And, you know, let us know your thoughts, your likes, your dislikes, if you agree with anything or nothing of what we um, discussed on the show. All right, y'all. Bye.